We welcome everybody in to another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast. We got a lot to cover on this week's episode. We do appreciate you're here with us. Want to remind you to tell a friend, let everybody else know that we're out there for those of you that love Sacramento State football. On the podcast this week, we look back at the homecoming win over Idaho State. Ton of highlights, ton of storylines to cover. Also, in that game, had a chance on the television side to talk to the new president, President Wood of the Sacramento State. And there was really some telling things on our halftime interview that we'll discuss. We also will have a conversation with senior wide receiver Carlos Hill on today's podcast. And we look ahead to the showdown on Saturday, a massive game amongst the Big Sky and for the Hornets and for the Grizzlies of Montana as the Hornets go to Missoula to take on the Grizzlies. We look ahead to that as well. But let's start you out with a look back at the thrilling win on Saturday at homecoming, on homecoming for Sacramento State when they were taking on the Idaho State Bengals. And it was a little bit of a topsy-turvy beginning for the Hornets. We've got our highlights coming from the radio side. Dave Lewis, Steve McElroy, Danny Sullivan on the call last week. And it started out very well for the Hornets on the first touchdown of the game was on the opening drive. Two receivers left, two to the right. Marshall Martin, the tight end to the right. Caden Bennett takes the shotgun snap. Play action. Steps up, fires higher. King Rainbow to the end zone for Gibson. Jared's got it for a sack state touchdown. 23 yards. Bennett to Gibson. And sack state on the board first. What a pass. What a catch. Number one, a bullet that went right through the wind, and then he high-pointed the catch. He walks by Danny. And Danny, what do you think of that? That play, that was Chris. Guys, that was a perfect throw, perfect route. It, it, it was just Gibson ran a perfect route, did not let on that the ball was coming. Great catch all the way through, guys. Great way to start this game. All right, so 7 nothing Sacramento State at this point. Now, the Hornets, we know this at this point. They had injuries in the backfield as Ezra Maleni looking like he'll be out for the season. You've had Marcus Fulcher in and out of the lineup with just nagging injuries. So different people have had to come through for the Hornets. How about this nice long run by freshman Zeke Burnett? Second down, four to go. Zeke Burnett, second level and more. Zeke inside the 30. Zeke 20. Zeke Burnett inside the five, dragged down at the two-yard line. Within a whisker of a touchdown for Zeke, his longest run. He was losing his stride a little bit, so he tried to do a serpentine-like back and forth zigzag and couldn't quite outrun the defender, but he exploded through the hole. That was amazing. Well, that long run would help set up Coleman Koontz, the tight end who would pound it past the goal line for a 14-0 Sacramento State lead. Now, that lead wouldn't last, actually, for the Hornets. They would give up a touchdown to the Bengals, a field goal. Then the Hornets fell asleep on an onside kick, and all of a sudden they were down, or it was 14-9, an opportunity to trail in the game for the first time, and the Bengals would have it go their way. Hayes takes the shotgun snap, fires near oh! sideline, nearly picked off. It was deflected and caught by Idaho State. Will be taken into the end zone for a touchdown. We'll see if it's ruled that the Idaho State receiver tiptoed out of bounds, but the Hornets had a pick six. Instead, they give up six. Ross fronted the pass for the pick six, but it went right through him. It was going to be an uncontested interception for a touchdown. But then when he missed it, the receiver caught it. He ran for a touchdown, but there's a penalty marker down. So the Bengals actually take the lead at this point. And all we knew going into the game, and we mentioned this in a previous podcast, something to watch for, is four games were remaining at that point. 
And one of the new rules that's been applied by NCAA at the FCS level is that you can play four games, any four games in the regular season, and maintain your redshirt year. What was different for teams like the Hornets and other teams that regularly make the postseason is you might have to map that out and carefully craft it, knowing that you have maybe one playoff game, maybe as many as four playoff games. That was always a difficult uh, thing to maneuver through. Well, they have passed that you could play unlimited playoff games and still keep your red shirt. So now you start to backtrack. Well, the Hornets on Saturday night started that game against Idaho State with four games remaining. So we knew that they wanted to play true freshman Carson Conklin at quarterback at some point. The likely map was going to be on the third series of the game. Well, on the second series of the game, uh, or after that second series, Caden Bennett had thrown an interception. The Hornets didn't really want to take him out at that point because it wasn't really an indictment on Caden. It was just, hey, we want to look at the freshman. So after the three series then that had happened, and the Hornets now trailing here at this point, they bring in Carson Conklin, and Conklin would lead the Hornets down to a drive and throw his first Hornet touchdown. Carson Conklin, a quarterback. Pump fake, fires over the middle, whistles one across the middle of the field for a touchdown. What a throw by Carson. Devin Gandy on the receiving end. And that ball by Conklin was a rope. Wow. Number one, that's the first time I've ever heard a broadcaster said, say whistles one over the middle. But you're that was a beautiful description. No premeditation there, but that's exactly what it did. Wow. So that touchdown put the Hornets up 21-16, a field goal before the half, and now Sacramento State has a 24-16 halftime lead. The second half starts, and the defense will get cooking as a turnover courtesy of Cameron Broussard. Third down and 13, three receivers left. Hunter Hayes retreats, steps back, fires over the middle, pick off! Cameron Broussard inside the 30 to the 28-yard line. Broussard's second pick of the year and the first turnover of the game. Okay, well, you talked about adjustments, and I said maybe the Hornets would put an extra guy back. If you look at the play, the Hornets are known for their blitz. They rarely ever in a situation like that would ever only bring four. They're always bringing what I'd say I'd call a sniper in, and that time they played over under coverage. And when they do that, if the quarterback throws a bad pass, it was intercepted by Broussard only because he was standing there. The ball was overthrown. Normally, the Hornets wouldn't have an outside guy deep. They'd only have one potential safety back. So that was perfect. So the Hornets have made that adjustment, and it turns into an, an interception. After a bit of a sloppy start to the third quarter, a turnover on downs, a turnover by the Hornets, they finally would get back in the end zone later in the quarter. Conklin to Hill. This was gorgeous. Dropping back as Conklin steps up, fires over the middle, in stride, Carlos Hill inside the 30, Hill inside the 10, touchdown Sacramento State. 69 yards to the house. I love the way Conklin just flings the ball. He has that release of acceleration with it look at the replay whip he just whips the ball down there as we mentioned earlier we will hear from Carlos Hill our conversation this week kind of getting to know some of the Hornets a little bit better that's coming up later on the podcast well on a fourth down later in the quarter the Hornets would go for it and stretch out their lead to 37-16 going with three tight ends McBride Kuntz and Martin 
he got up from that one okay, but the defender landed on his ankle as Martin was trying to go forward. Oh, three men. Full house backfield. Among those coons, they run it right inside the five. Tal Tolliver has the first down, lunges to the goal line, and into the end zone for a Sacramento State touchdown. A four-yard run for ETT, and the Hornets mushroom the lead. I said it earlier, he just, he muscles his way in there. I want to give Danny a shot at this. Danny, he just muscles through people. He never stops, guys. He never stopped, kept going, muscled in. Great call by the line judge. I was yelling too, touchdown. And, and, Great play. And by the way, Danny, stop throwing your fist bump for the touchdown. I know. I just heard, I, yeah, that was not yeah, good. I was going to tell you, protect your body down there. So the very next possession for the Bengals, early in the possession, yet another Hornet interception. Dump it over the middle. Cook picked off. Mather. Inside the 30, Brock's second pick of the year. And now down to the 28-yard line. Well, the Bengals fought the Hornets very hard all night long, but things are coming apart for them, and the Hornets made the adjustments at halftime. Like I said, they went to just a four-man rush, and now they made it difficult for Idaho State to throw the ball because the the receivers are doubled up over and under. So feeling good, feeling alive. The Hornets expand their depth chart, giving more players an opportunity, and Michael Johnson would get his first touchdown as a Hornet. One twenty-five to play in the quarter. Johnson still in the backfield. Give to Michael again in the second level and into the end zone for a Sacramento State touchdown. Michael's first Division I score. Michael Johnson, 5'7", 189 from Pacifica High School. That's in Oxnard, California. So Michael Johnson touchdown so now it's 44 16 still third quarter in fact late in the third quarter yet another interception by sacramento state third down and 10 to go three receivers left and one to the right hornets with a four-man front leading 44 to 16 hayes takes the shotgun snap here comes the blitz let it go over the middle and picked off another interception at the 45 yard line kylan ross Hornets can feel it. Fredrickson went up high to try and get that pass, and he got hit. He's down, took his helmet off. He's an amazing receiver, but these passes are floating in the second half. It was overthrown again, and Fredrickson got his neck turned around funny while he was trying to make the play after the interception. But these passes are floating, and the Hornets are... uh, with that extra man in the secondary, are able to get him. After that, the Hornets would find a way to get into the end zone, and this was a refreshing sight to see and hear as Marshall Martin finally gets it across the goal line. Well spotted on the seven. Play action, Conklin rolling to his right, has a man out there in the flat. Marshall Martin lunges, reaches, and finally oh, into the end zone oh. for a Sacramento State touchdown. Martin. A long time coming for Marshall. Oh. Everyone thought it would be the first game or the second that Martin got his first touchdown of the year, but the injuries have hindered him all season, and it takes until game eight for Marshall Martin to get into the end zone, but he does there. Good for him. He's been catching a lot more balls lately. So it's 51-16 at this point. 37 consecutive points have been scored by the Hornets, 
and why not? One more interception by Sacramento State. Sherman dropping back, pump fake left, fires, and picked off! Back they come the other way inside the 30-yard line. <laughs> Which one of the 70 players was that? That was Mitchell Wolf. <laughs> Mitchell interception. Wolf with the interception. He was hungry like the wolf as he got that pick. Another Hornet to have an interception. You know, the Hornets had a bunch of players with just one touchdown on the team, just a long list, and a whole bunch of players, five of them, that had just one interception coming into the game. And Mitchell Wolf, a sophomore from Sumner, Washington, 6'3", 232, with the INT. So Mitchell Wolf gets it done there. A total dominant performance by Sacramento State in the second half. And after the game, Danny Sullivan caught up with the coach, Andy Thompson. Yeah, great second half. I thought we really put it all together, all three phases. And if we can build on that, uh, we'll continue to improve. But, uh, man, I was excited for the guys. They came out and had a great week of practice and great second half. We just got to do it for two, for a full, full quarters. But better this week. You made a change at the quarterback. I understand it might have been something that was already planned, but he did well. Then you came out with... Your running backs, you know, running back room is deep, and you had to use all of them today, but Zink Burnett really shined tonight. You got it, yeah. It was impressive to get that far into our depth and to, to really play well. Uh, it was awesome that Conklin came in and, and, and did it. We've seen it in practice, and uh, great thing is KB was very supportive. We got good team chemistry at the quarterback room, the running back room, and uh, it's exciting. There's a lot of young guys that came out and played well tonight. Talking about players, you played 70 different players tonight. Yeah. How exciting is that to give them that this experience to get ready as he goes these last few games of the season? Yeah, that's huge. That's that's a credit to the kids being ready to go and their coaches getting them ready and shows that we've got some depth in our roster. So we're hoping we can play for a long time this year. So we need it. Congratulations on the victory, Coach. Thank you very much. Stay yourself, baby. You go. Nice work, Danny. Nice work. Winner, winner for Sacramento State. They go to 6-2 and two and really keep the pressure on the rest of the conference, keep their goals of making the postseason alive. And I had an opportunity at the half to talk to the president of the school, President Dr. Wood. And, you know, it was a really interesting conversation. First and foremost, I'd met him before, and there's just such a great energy about him, so likable. He's really happy to be a Hornet, was a student at Sacramento State, Wildly successful after leaving Sacramento State. Did some amazing things at San Diego State to help build that program and add facilities. And I think that was the takeaway. A lot of people that I talked to during the week were very happy about the interview. And some of our conversations that were obviously seen over the air, but some of the stuff off air was as encouraging as I can recall about the future of Sacramento State athletics. What he did address was the desire and need to have basketball play in a different facility as soon as next year. And some talk there, and I've seen a lot of people report it, talking about playing in the well, and I think that's something that you're going to see Sacramento State do and really get done and complete and really make that something that they can work on with potential to do stuff later in the future, but also a desire to get a football stadium. And you could just tell, talking to him and goals – and direction, and long-term vision, and it's stuff that a lot of people have had before, and I I think he sees an opportunity. You look at what has happened this year in the college football landscape with the Pac-12 basically dissolving. 
Um, Mountain West, you know, what can happen with their future? I think there's a lot of opportunities here for Sacramento State in the near future that if you get facilities up and running, that this program could really take off to even another level and take advantage of the success that was built starting with Troy Taylor that is being complimented and added on with Andy Thompson. It's really there to strike while the iron is hot, while the opportunities are there. And I think it was really uh, a fun conversation, um, enlightening conversation, and just something we'll keep our eye on. I know when we talked to Mark Orr earlier this year on a podcast, same kind of feeling and vibe, uh, the director of athletics of where this program can go. And I think this is all very, very exciting for Hornet fans. All right, so let's move on, though, to our conversation this week with a guy who's still relatively new to the program, has bounced around quite a journey for Carlos Hill, but as this, his final year at Sac State, has uh, started to evolve, you're seeing him become more and more of a playmaker, more and more of a difference maker, and his speed is on display. His hands and his ability to get open uh, is helping this team, and it was fun to catch up with him. Here's my conversation with senior wide receiver Carlos Hill. All right, here we are with uh, senior wide receiver Carlos Hill, part of the Hornet family, uh, really starting to blossom in the in your final season, having some great games. Uh, Carlos, want to start with your journey, though. So how does someone who grew up in Florida end up at Sacramento State? Uh, first, uh, I didn't have, like, the grades to go Division One out of high school, so I ended up taking the JUCO route. I did a year at uh, Fort Scott. Uh, my uh, head coach ended up getting fired. Uh, I ended up transferring to uh, Antelope Valley College in Lancaster. Have, I had a great year there, and uh, Sac State came and offered me. So I took them as soon as they offered me, honestly. So Florida, that's Kansas to California. You keep going further west. Yeah. Uh, let's get you to Sac State then. Which coach was recruiting you to become a Hornet? Uh, Tyler Osmore, Coach Osmore, recruited me. Yeah. And then you got to see him when you guys go down and play Stanford. Um Obviously, you're already here. You played for the Hornets a year ago, but that was that weird as your position coach and recruit coach, basically, and Coach Taylor left. And how did that all go? Uh, it it wasn't weird. It was just like it felt good playing against him because he really <laughs> he, he ain't really give me a chance, honestly. But it felt good playing, showing what I could really do on the field. Coming uh, home with that win, it felt real good playing against him. It wasn't really weird. Yeah, it felt like. Watching you guys, obviously you guys want to win every game, but watching you guys, you guys really wanted to beat Stanford. What was it about that that meant everything to all you guys? I mean, we had a chip on our shoulder shoulder that week, man. We just, we wanted to prove uh, like we could do it without Taylor because everybody said, oh, Taylor, it was because of Taylor that we won all these uh, championships and stuff. Like, nah, we could do it without him. Like, he he won really because of us, to be honest. Yeah. What was it like your first year here to join a team that now finally had success because that hadn't really happened here, but then to keep it going and to to win a Big Sky title for you? Uh, it was it was pretty cool. I mean, I didn't really get that much playing time last year, but uh, just to experience that my first D one uh, season it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Let's go back to your to growing up. So you're one of what eight kids? Yeah. Wow. How was uh, how was that growing up? A lot of fights, man. I was a lot of athletes. It's yeah. just like we all we all had each other back. So I love all my siblings, even though we fight here and there. But it was, it was back then. It was it wasn't that fun. But now that I think <laughs> about it, it was like okay, I miss them. Yeah. Now that I'm in Cali. Yeah. What? Um, so you said you were. You told me before that you're the fourth of eight. I'm sure this is where some of the fights are. Who's the best athlete amongst the kids? 
I'm the best athlete. <laughs> now, the would they athlete. say that? Yes, they would. Oh, okay. They would okay. say that for yeah. sure. I'm the best athlete in my family, honestly, man. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot, but, you know, I'm the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, what kind of support do you get from them? I think you told me your parents came out to the Stanford uh-huh. game. Yeah, the uh, whole family shows support, man. They love what I'm doing. Uh, I'm the only one in my family at a Division One school playing a sport. So they just they, – they, they real supportive. Yeah. I know – I think there's also team debates on the fastest Hornet. Yeah. I'm going to guess you say it's – who is the fastest or who gives you the most competition? Gandhi, I know, is up there. Caden, who's the fastest Hornet? Uh, Danny Scudero, man. Oh, yeah. Danny. Yeah. He hit 22 almost every week, man. I'll yeah. be trying to get like him. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. But Gandhi up there, too. Uh, he, I don't think Gandhi faster than me, but, you know, <laughs> Danny got it for sure. Yeah. So you guys all line up at the goal line. You're going the other end. He, Scudero's winning? Yes, Scudero yeah. is winning 100%. Okay. I ain't going to lie. He fast. Um, anybody from your defense, if you caught a ball with, you know, maybe like a yard head start, anybody on your defense catching you? Nobody on my defense is catching me. <laughs> that simple. Yeah. Um, what was it like? I have to go back to last week. Um, the pass you caught, it was a perfectly thrown ball by Carson to you. And just when you know you've got it and you've got the separation, that last 30 yards where you're like, I'm going. How, how cool of a feeling is that? Man, I ain't going to lie. I love that feeling, man. I, uh, hearing the crowd roar, roar and stuff, I was like, I got to do this again, mm-hmm. man. Especially like. At a home stadium, home game, just to ice the game, that was just perfect, man. Carson said he thought I wasn't going to get it. I was like, come on now, I'm from Florida, man. You know I got that speed, man. Um, And and I don't know if it's a challenge playing with two quarterbacks. You had that before last year when you did play. It was, you know, Jake and um, Asher. And this year was maybe going to be Carson Camp and Caden. Now we're seeing Carson Conklin play with Caden. Is that tricky for you at all to have two QBs? Nah, both our QBs are great, honestly. Carson, as a freshman, he's pretty good. We always knew that, like, he had potential to play. I, I even asked him, like, in practice, like, if you get in, you're going to be nervous and stuff. He'll tell me no. But uh, it's, it's good. I'm good with either or, honestly. What's been the adjustment from, you know, high school to JC to now playing Division One at Sac State? What's been the biggest challenge as a receiver? Uh, different speed of the game, knowing what you got to do, not having no uh, missed assignments. It's just, honestly, the – uh, the biggest one is the speed. Mm-hmm. It's way faster. Yeah. Yeah. What in your mind makes a good wide receiver? Obviously, you got to be able to catch the ball. But I mean, like, what what makes a good receiver? Uh, making all routes look the same. Mm. You got to make every route look the same. Coming out of your break and uh, run after catch. Mm-hmm. What makes a good DB? What not necessarily bothers you, but when you're going against somebody, you're like, all right, this guy kind of knows what he's doing. Uh, uh, being patient. Being physical and uh, knowing how to catch. Most DBs don't know how to catch mm-hmm. and also know how to tackle, too. Right. What? Um, how much talking is going on on a typical Big Sky Saturday between you and maybe your opposing DB? Uh, honestly, I don't really talk unless they talk to me. You know, mm-hmm. last game, uh, they was pretty cool. Idaho State, they didn't really talk that much. But uh, other than that, I don't talk unless they talk to me, yeah. you know. Um, and then when, you know, it's it's such a team sport, but, you know, you had – everybody's kind of had their moments this year. What's it like when maybe Gandy gets a touchdown or Gibson or Koontz, Martin, whoever it might be, uh, just kind of amongst that offensive group? Man, we we be happy for each, for each other, honestly, man. It's just like we all like together, man. Mm-hmm. I love seeing my fellow receivers, especially the receivers score, because 
man, I think we the most underrated in the uh, whole offense. But mm-hmm. when I see other people score, man, I just be happy. Like, we got points on the board. Yeah. You have a new coach, wide receiver coach. This is your coach, Prince. A lot of accolades coming with him. Seems like he's got a really bright future. What's he like to play for? Oh, coach Prince, man, I love him, man. He, he taught me a lot of stuff. Like, he told me, like, how to get out of my, my breaks faster, 50-50 balls. He got me that confidence. Honestly, him and Coach Fresca's, uh gave me a lot of confidence this year. So this week you go to Montana, um, really good team one, but an incredible atmosphere. What are your thoughts on going to take on the Grizzlies? Uh, man, I'm really excited for that game. I've been hearing the crowd go crazy, and I've been to Idaho. Idaho crowd is mm. crazy, man. So this is better. Uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really, ex- I'm really excited. Only thing I'm not excited for is the uh, weather. Yeah. Yeah, being a Florida guy now, California guy. How have you adjusted? I mean, I think it gets cold here yeah. in Sacramento. Obviously, probably not like uh, other parts of the country. But what what do you think about the overall environment and how has Sacramento grown on you? Uh, I love I love Sacramento. Only thing I like is the cold weather, man. <laughs> I just don't like the cold, man. I hate it. Yeah. But Sacramento was fun. I brought I uh, I got a lot of friends out here. Uh, made a lot of friends out here. So. Your your college journey is going to end with the football season. Hopefully it ends with a championship for you guys. But you're going to graduate in the spring, back to Florida, what, stay in uh, California. What's your what's your future goal? Uh, hopefully get a shot at a professional league, mm-hmm. CFL, XFL, any league, to show, like, to showcase my talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so wherever that takes you, you'll go. I mean, if that's Canadian football league, you're worried about cold, you're going to have to I'm deal with that. to deal with it, man. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, as far as your own uh, or team goals, what do you think this team can do as the rest of the season goes? Uh, right now, we want to uh, we want the national championship. Right now, mm-hmm. man, so that's really uh, what we looking forward to. But we taking it uh, day by day, game by game. Yeah. So, how does this team differ in your mind from the one that was last year? Uh, last year, it don't really differ. Honestly, it's the same thing. We all we all together like. There is no nobody's better than the other, so mm-hmm. it, I don't think it's nothing that different different yeah. from last year. Yeah. And lastly, for you, Carlos, how much fun are you having this year? I'm having a lot of fun. I'm playing, scoring touchdowns, playing in front of my family. Man, I'm loving it, man. Yeah. I'm loving it. Well, it's fun to watch you. I still want to see the race with you and uh, Scudero. <laughs> That'd be fun to watch. But uh, best of luck rest of the year. Thanks for joining yes, us. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. So quite the journey for Carlos. Good to catch up with him. And lastly, Carlos is excited about the opportunity of playing in Missoula, and he should be, I was telling him off air as well, how great that atmosphere is. Always love going up to Missoula. It has been very slim pickings pickings for the Hornets to get a win up there. They've won one time in Missoula. It's their most recent time. In fact, they've defeated the Grizzlies three consecutive times. But if you look at the Big Sky standings right at the top, there they are, Montana, 4-1 and one in conference, but 7-1 and one overall. And I think Montana is in a really odd spot. They have gone from being probably too highly rated over the years to now, my personal opinion, too underappreciated. I don't know how you go from overrated to underrated in the same time frame, but a lot of people, a lot of pollsters were ranking them low and, and not impressed with their win resume. They're 7-1. and one. I mean, This team is doing things right for a reason. Now, the way their schedule played out, the – Hosted Butler, won that game. Then they went to Utah Tech, defeated them by 30. A lot of people raised an eyebrow when they played Division II Ferris State and only won by seven, but they're the reigning Division II champions. Now, the Northern Arizona loss seemed to put a label on them for some reason. 
They lost by 14. The following week, they beat Idaho State. They beat UC Davis on the road. They beat Idaho on the road. So those two weeks in a row beating ranked teams on the road had a bye. Then last week, a 40 to nothing win over Northern Colorado. Their finish, they host the Hornets this weekend. They go to Portland State, and then they close out hosting Montana State. So this is a team, a university that knows how to win, that has done a ton of winning over the years. The odd part is they haven't won the Big Sky Conference in a long, long time, but this is still a good football team, one of the best defenses in the nation. They're the toughest to run on, and they too are playing two quarterbacks, much like the Hornets introducing Carson Conklin last week with four games to go. They they produced the son of Brian Ayotte this last week, a true freshman who will likely play this week as well with the versatility look for two running backs or two quarterbacks, a team that can defend, and they're playing this game at night, something they don't do a lot. They have a great winning percentage at home, an even better one at night. It will be chilly. It will be cold. And they've lost three straight times to the Hornets. It feels like a little gamesmanship to play this one at night, but that's what makes this great. should be a lot of fun this weekend. We hope you get a chance to uh, listen to the broadcast as well with myself and Steve and Danny, and uh, it promises to be a good one. We really do look forward to it. So, That's how it all lays out this week. We'll be back next week to recap it. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Thanks again to Carlos Hill for joining us. For all of you that joined us as well, we're back next week for another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast.